The request was made that we talk about the uh, pronunciation of the Hebrew language and specifically whether one is allowed to change their pronunciation. If a person wants to start being mocked about their ayins, can they uh, switch from the uh, sounding like an olive to something else? So this is a fascinating topic. The, uh, it's very interesting that the Torah throughout the ages has, uh, has not changed at all and there's been a tremendous success in maintaining the text of the Torah, even though Jewish communities have been separated from each other for many centuries and there was not modern communication for most of those centuries, and still, somehow, the text of the Torah, it's an amazing thing, the Ashkach HaKadosh made it, that the text of the Torah was able to withstand all of that, but somehow the pronunciation of those words did not enjoy similar success. And you find vast differences in the pronunciation of basic letters in the Torah. Ayin is uh, one example. Ahay is another example. The letter Saf is another example. Many examples of where uh, different communities pronounce different letters differently and even different vowelizations differently. A cholam, is it a cholam, a chaylam, a chaylam? How, how exactly do you uh, pronounce it? There are so many variations. So uh, let's talk, and, and this is critical, lest you say, what does it matter? I'll just pronounce it how I want to pronounce it and I'll be fine. Shulchanar Paskins in Simon Samach Beis in Orachayim in Hilchos Kriyashma that there is a mitzvah to be medaktik to pronounce the letters correctly. If you don't, you're still yotze, but it's a mitzvah to be medaktik Not pronouncing them correctly, the Mishaburu points out, doesn't mean you're skipping letters. If you skip letters, that's not okay. You're not even yotze the other. But you're yotze if you pronounce every letter, even if you're, you, you slightly mispronounce them, but certainly one is supposed to be careful to pronounce things properly. So first, before we discuss changing a minhag, which minhag is right? Which minhag is more correct? So uh, let's just uh, go with two basic uh, minhagim as opposed to, uh, there's so many different ways, there's so many different ways that you can pronounce the Hebrew language. I remember when I was in Karen Biavna, they laid in Parsha Zachar, I think like seven times. And, uh, you know, with every single Havara, except for the, I guess, what the Americans were used to. That one they didn't lay. That was, uh, that was the, the only one that they didn't, they didn't try. So, uh, so, but let's just go with Ashkenazis and Svardit, right? The, uh, the, those two basic, uh, basic uh, pronunciations. So uh, the Milchas Yitzchak in Chela Gimel, Simin Tess, points out that there are a couple of advantages to the Ashkenazi pronunciation. He said, most importantly is the clear distinction between a kamatz and a patach. That that is a very critical distinction because you have to be able to distinguish between Kodesh and Chol. The Shem Hashem, if uh, you say Adonai, that is Chol. That is not the Shem Hashem. It's only Noi. It's only with a kamatz. That would mean the Shem Hashem. Rabbeinu B'chai in Parshas Be'era writes that there has to be a distinction between a Kamatz and a Patach, and if you don't distinguish between them, it could lead to apikorsis. Why would it lead to apikorsis? Because of this. You're going to refer to Kodesh as Chol, and Chol to Kodesh, it would be a very big problem. Rabbi Yaakov Emdin in the Siddur Beis Yaakov Sulem 
Sulem Beisel writes that, uh, that he's very uh, gratified that he was born in Ashkenazi so that he doesn't confuse the Kamat and the Patach because uh, Kamat and the Patach is a very critical thing. Rav Pesach Frank in Chubas Har Tzvi or Achayim Simen Dalid uh, urges Ashkenazi Jews to carefully pronounce the name of Hashem in accordance with Ashkenazi tradition because messing that up is really a significant uh, problem. Maral writes about this in Tzfaris Sol Parak Samach Vav as well that Ashkenazi Jews should maintain the Ashkenazi pronunciation. It is not an inferior pronunciation. It has this very significant advantage. Another advantage that it has is a clear, a clearer distinction between a ches and a hey. And that apparently is very important because the Gemara Mesech Megillah tells us that Rabbi Chia was told that since he confuses those two sounds, he's going to come to uh, to be Mechari from Megadev because he's going to say V'chikisi Hashem, the Pasuk Shayo Perches, V'chikisi Hashem, he'll pronounce it V'hikisi Hashem. I have smote God, and that would be a terrible thing to say that I've hit, I've struck HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so you can't say such a thing. So that's why he was told that it's a terrible thing to confuse those two letters. Based on that, the Vilnagon explains the Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says that when Rabbi Chia, the same Rabbi Chia, saw a person being Machal Shabbos, he waited until the next day and then wrote down on a piece of paper, Umachaleha uh, Mosimas. Why didn't he just say at the time, Umachaleha Mosimas, you can't be Machal Shabbos? Because he didn't know how to properly distinguish between the Ches and the Hay. And it may have come out the opposite. Umachaleha Mosimas. Instead of Machaleha Mosimas. That if you praise the Shabbos, Mosimas. So he had to wait till the next day where he could write it down. It would be clearer in writing than he was in, uh, in, in speech. So uh, those are the two advantages to Ashkenazi pronunciation. Of course, there are advantages in the other direction as well. Minchas Yitzhak in the same Shuva points out the obvious advantage in the Sradi pronunciation is the difference between the Ayin and the Aleph. The Gemara Megillah, Chavdalim Beis, tells us that people who come from a place where they where they mispronounce certain uh, letters are not allowed to say Birchas Kohanim. And the Gemara explains that those people pronounce the Aleph the same way they pronounce the Ayin. So Yo'er Hashem, Panavelacha, would be problematic because they're going to switch out the Aleph uh, for, for an ayin, or the Aleph and the Ayin would seem to be the same, and that would come out to, uh, to appear to be a curse to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's more likely that the, uh, the, the, it's most likely that the Ashkenazic pronunciation, uh, or the common Ashkenazic pronunciation that, that equates the two sounds is based on some sort of corruption, meaning Ayin sh- surely should not be the same exact sound as an Aleph. And in fact, in, we pass in this way, La'alacha, Shulchan Aruch and Simen Nun Gimel Sif Yud Beis writes, Ein Mimanin, Misha Korin, Misha La'alfin Ainin, Ainin Alfin. You're not supposed to appoint as a Shliach Tzibur a person who pronounces Aleph and Ayin in exactly the same way. So even though that may be the common Ashkenazi pronunciation, it's unclear that that, is, uh, that, that was ever a, uh, a, a preferred uh, pronunciation. There should be some, some difference, some, however minor it might be, some difference between an Ayin and an Aleph. Now the Mishabur there in Sivkan Lamelchas, Kosovri Chadash, 
Debizman de Lek Acher Roi Kamoso Mutala Ridal Teva Afilu Bachasin Hayin. That if there's no one else that's worthy of being a Shliach Sibor, then even if he confuses Chasin Hay, he can be a Shliach Sibor. Aval. He says uh, that Pnei uh, Moshe disagrees and says that no, even if he's the most worthy, he should not be the uh, the Shliach Tzibor if he mispronounces any of the letters or he uh, pronounces two of the letters in a similar way. <laughs> Furthermore, the Chuvah's base Ridvaz, Simon Chavzayin, points out that it's most likely that uh, Svardi pronunciation is more accurate because Ashkenazi Jews, just on the historical, um, uh, just, just based on uh, the, the historical point, Ashkenazi Jews have, have been sent from Gullus to Gullus much more frequently than Svardi Jews have. And because Svardi Jews were pretty much in the same place in the Middle East, the Muslims historically, even though it may not seem that way today, historically were much nicer to us than the Christians. And Jews living in Muslim countries were able to pretty much, uh, you know, they didn't enjoy like, uh, you know, all the rights and freedoms and whatever, but they, they, they were at least able to stay and live for the most part. So Jews living in Muslim countries were able to have a certain sense of consistency and not being schlepped from one place to the other, whereas Ashkenazi Jews were, typically were, uh, were exiled more frequently from one place to the other. So he says that's why the Sephardi pronunciation is probably more accurate. One could make the opposite claim. One could say that just gives more time for uh, the pronunciations and the 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 havara of the uh, of the, the the local people to seep into the way we pronounce the Hebrew language. Meaning, if you were uh, if you never got too comfortable in a given place, you never had time to uh, to incorporate the pronunciations of the country that you're in into the Hebrew language. So one could make the opposite argument, but that is the uh, the argument that the Beiser Vaz makes. Okay, so this all brings us to our question. Can a person change his pronunciation? Rav Kook, Zichron Levracha, was uh, known to have uh, stated and written unequivocally that a person cannot change his family's custom in the pronunciation of the Hebrew language, and he gives a bunch of reasons for this. Minchas Yitzchak in I'm pretty sure he does not quote Rav Kook, but he says many of the same reasons that Rav Kook gives, and uh, some others as well, to not change one's pronunciation. Number one, he says, Rav Kook points out, changing a person's pronunciation is abandoning your family's traditions, and we're not allowed to do that. And that's especially true since we have no clear proofs that the pronunciation you're switching to is any better than the one you're switching from. Second, he says, Right? Allah requires that we have to be careful to pronounce all the words correctly when we daven, when we say Kriyashma certainly. And if a person reads the words with a pronunciation that's not in line with his tradition of what the correct pronunciation should be, it could be that for him that's a violation of Karvalo Diktek even though for others it may not be a violation of Karvalo Diktek because others have that tradition. Furthermore, Minchas Yitzchak points out, Motzi laz ala rishonim. A person is abandoning an accepted pronunciation. He's being motzi laz on all the generations that preceded him, all of his own ancestors who accepted those pronunciations. And therefore, uh, he says it's especially true since this is something that has been uh, subject to dispute 
or it's a variant minhagim uh, for so many years. So for a person to, to sort of switch teams, to jump sides, he thinks is a violation of Mosilaz uh, ala rishonim. And for all of those reasons, it's yadua that Rav Kook used to encourage people when they came to Israel for Ashkenazi Jews to speak Ivris, not to speak Ivrit. He really wanted that uh, that everything should be done in the uh, in the Ashkenazi pronunciation. He encouraged teachers to teach the students, the Ashkenazi students, with an Ashkenazi pronunciation, not with a Sephardi pronunciation. Uh, he lost, obviously, meaning uh, that he didn't uh, it didn't didn't work out that way in terms of uh, the commonly spoken language in uh, in Israel. My daughter in her school learns Ivris. She, uh, she writes compositions and reads in Ivris. She's going to go to Israel and they'll look at her like she's from a different planet. I mean, like, uh, it's not going to... But th- that was what Rav Cook thought would be the most uh, appropriate thing to do. Okay, so now that uh, we're going to stick with Ashkenazim, we're going to be Ashkenazim, and Sephardim are going to be Sephardim, we're all going to follow our traditions. Uh, what about a Sephardi person listening to an Ashkenazi pronunciation for Megillah, Parsha Zachar, for anything, for uh, to be Yotzi, um, any, any sort of mitzvah that involves Dibur Kiddush, Havdalah, or an Ashkenazi listening to a Sephardic pronunciation. So there, there are two approaches, as you may have guessed. They, the Rav Avad Yosef in Yechavadat, Chelek Vav, Simen Yotas, quotes those who say B'Shem V'Chazunish, that uh, an Ashkenazi Jew who davens in the Sephardic shul cannot fulfill his obligation in Kriya Torah because of this discrepancy in pronunciation. Ravad Yosef strongly questions whether that rumor is actually true, whether the Chazanish ever really said such a thing. He doesn't believe that that's uh, true. Rav C. Pesach Frank in Makrai Kodesh and Purim, Simin Yud Beis, Paskins, that you can fulfill your obligation of Kriyasa Megillah with a pronunciation that's different than your pronunciation, because by Megillah, B'chalashon, you could be Yotze. So if someone decides to make up their own language, which is similar to Hebrew, just everything mispronounced, okay, so that's B'chalashon, that's, uh, that's any language, and you'd be, uh, you'd be Yotze. But he's not convinced that the same would be true of Kriyasa Torah or of any other mitzvah of Dibur, that that may be too too much of a corruption. That is the strict approach. Then there is the lenient approach. Rav Hankin Zechron Levrachen, Eidus Yisrael, writes that similar to the Nuschaos of Tefillah, where the Magen Avram quotes from the Arizal, that there are Yudbeis, there are 12 uh, pathways, 12 Sha'arim in Shemayim that our uh, Tefillahs can go through any one of these uh, 12 gates. So too there are 12 different pronunciations and our, uh, they, they all go through uh, their own gates and it's perfectly fine. And as long as a person is loyal to his own unique Mesot he could be mostly others in their obligation of Kriya Torah. But, he says, if you start mixing varying traditions, then you're not Yotze. Sometimes you have a, uh, a, a, a bar mitzvah boy who's confused because he was taught one way, but in the shul they pronounce a different way. So he starts, uh, he say, you know, like one of the, uh, one of the, the members of the Chinuch staff told me that he was asking, uh, uh, the, the, he was asking the, the boys about uh, Sefer Amos. And uh, one boy said, yeah, Amot, Amot. What's the you know, that, that there is no Sefer Amot, right? It's with a Samuch. So, the, uh, so y- you have to uh, be careful not to confuse somebody if they're trying to, you know, read into uh, a, a pronunciation that's not theirs. I mean, that's an important thing, not to mix the two. Uh, my friend Rabbi Yehuda Balsam likes to uh, say that there are three pronunciations, 
there is Svaridit, there's Ashkenazis, and there's Gurlit. Uh, that, uh, that they, uh, in, in many of the girls' schools, they'll teach some sort of combination of Svaridit and Ashkenazis, which is a, uh, really a corruption. It doesn't, it doesn't fit anything. So uh, that's probably not, uh, not appropriate. Now, w- w- what's the argument to yes change? So in the Chuvas Mishpatei Uziel, or Achayim, Simen Aleph, Simon Aleph, he argues with Rav Kook, who, by the way, wrote a Haskama to the Sefer. In the first chapter, he, he argues on, on Rav Kook, the very first Simon, and he says that reading with a different, different pronunciation is not at all similar to reading Kriyashma without being careful to pronounce the words. When the Mishnah talks about being, not being careful in reading, it's talking about someone who reads in a way that's unacceptable to anyone. But if you read in a way that's accepted by half of world Jewry, you haven't diminished the true pronunciation at all. And you're certainly Yotzei. So if an Ashkenazi wants to start reading Svardit, he thinks it's perfectly perfectly fine. In the Sefer Derech HaNesher, he reports that Rav Nassan Adler, the Rebbe of the Chassam Sofer, invited a Svardic rabbi to Frankfurt, and he learned all of the intricacies of Svardic pronunciation from him, because Rav Nassan Adler felt, I guess we should call him Rav Natan Adler, felt that uh, the Svardi pronunciation was a, uh, was, a, was a more accurate tradition, and he wanted to know exactly how to do it. So Minchas Yitzchak says, I'm aware of this, Minchas Yitzchak says, I'm aware of Rav Nassan Adler, but we can't always bring rice from Nassan Adler. He was uh, known to be a very um, interesting character. He had a lot of very unusual <laughs> shitos, so the fact that in Germany he was willing to, to incorporate a Svardi uh, pronunciation, you know, that's probably not something that, that most people would have the guts to do, and uh, probably not something that uh, that we should all necessarily that we should all necessarily follow. Um, in Chida, in Yosef Ometz, in uh, uh, he, he writes that the Arizal was really an Ashkenazi, but he always prayed along with the Svardim and heard Kriya Satorah from them. So that's a uh, clear raya that there's nothing wrong with it. Now, it, it seems clear, though, that a person um, should not occasionally veer from a custom, you know, sometimes do this way, sometimes do that way. A person should try his best to be consistent, with an exception. In Shuvah Sri De'esh, Chelet Be'i Simen Hay, he passes at a bar mitzvah, uh, that Rabbi Chil Yaakov Weinberg passes at a bar mitzvah boy who is trained to read with a Sephardic pronunciation, can read from the Torah in an Ashkenazi shul, even though uh, he's going to be reading Sephardit, and he doesn't have to try to struggle to, uh, to, to read it in Ashkenazis, because it's just going to cause him to become confused. And he says, Sephardic pronunciation for an Ashkenazi Jew is no worse than a mispronunciation of the words that don't change the meaning of the word. And we don't require Balkari to repeat himself for that. So if Bidyevet it's okay, Shas Adchak Kidyevet Dami, this would be considered a Shas Adchak for this child. And therefore, we would, Shas Adchak Kidyevet Dami means that when you have a Shas Adchak, whatever is acceptable Bidyevet, you're allowed to do Lechadchila. So over here he's doing it l'chadchila. He's reading l'chadchila this way because it is a shas hadchak. Um, that is the now the tzitzel yezer in chelak zayin simul chavches ozbeis also talks about someone who's asked to say Kiddush with a Svaric pronunciation, and even though he normally uses Ashkenazi pronunciation, and he will always continue to use the Ashkenazi pronunciation, if he's uh, in a place where people want to hear the Kiddush in a certain way, so he's allowed to do the Kiddush in a certain way. I was at a Svaric wedding once, where Aaron Khan Shlita read the uh, Ksuba, and he read the Ksuba in a perfect Svaric uh, pronunciation beginning to end. I mean, he went in Rome, you know, if that's what people are expecting, that's what they want. So then, uh, 
then that's what you're supposed to do. So essentially, what we've tried to do over here is explain uh, what the relative advantages, disadvantages of each pronunciation are, and there seem to be relative advantages and disadvantages. Um, historically, to try to figure out what is more accurate is an exercise in futility. Uh, we are supposed to follow you're supposed to follow our own traditions, but having said that, we should, there, we should try to uh, probably have some slight difference, maybe it doesn't have to be so pronounced, some slight difference between an Aleph and an Ayin uh, is, is, is uh, worthwhile, because that's Mamish explicit, that's a Beferish Gemara, it's Beferish Shulchan Aruch, so some, uh, some slight variation. Take some time, you practice, you get a slight variation between the two, and that way you uh, won't confuse the two. Whenever it comes to confusing two letters in the, in the uh, Hebrew alphabet, it's, um, it, it can lead to serious shilas when you pronounce things uh, the same way. I know many Jews who pronounce normally everything in Svardit except for Shem Hashem. When they say Shem Hashem, they're makvid to do it with a comma. It's Rav Rubenstein, the post in Karim Yavne, always talks in Svardit, but uh, always, Shem Hashem always with a noy. He's always makvid to always do it with, uh, with a comma. And that makes a lot of sense to be makvid, to make sure that, uh, that we don't, uh, you know, like Rabbeinu Bechai himself, a Svardic rabbi, Rabbeinu Bechai said, a person has to be careful that the Shem Hashem shouldn't sound like it's Chol and, uh, and is distinguished properly.